Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. And this evening, I'm not only joined by John Paul Mason, but Colin Watt has entered the room. Uh, we are going to be looking at Celtic's latest catastrophe. It's 2-12. 
We're 13 points behind league leaders Rangers and 21 goals uh, worse off than Rangers. Before anyone tells me, yeah, I know we've got two games in hand, but by the way, they two games are now guaranteeing us six points on this form. I'll come to you first, Colin. I've never seen you at uh, the beginning of the game or at half time. Immediately, should Celtic be making a change right now? Neil Lennon, John Kennedy and and uh, Gavin Strachan need to be relieved of their duties. This is not going to change. Yeah, agreed. Um, they, they shouldn't even get back into the changing room. They should be gone before that. But with the way things are going this season, would you even be surprised if they're still in charge by the time it comes round to the next game? I wouldn't. But surely, surely now this is it. This has to be the end. But um, I don't know. We'll see how the next couple of hours play out. Well... Obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on the comments coming in. They're coming in thick and fast on Facebook, Twitter and on YouTube. Um, We've had this discussion, JP, every single week, every single game, after every game. I mean, we're saying the same things. This team has stagnated. There's no tempo. It's insipid. Lack in creativity. I mean, yet another performance where Lenny is too cautious. He makes the substitutions too late in the game. Um, You have been tuning in. You've not been involved in the chat this season. Where's your thoughts on this? I mean, we've seen good times, we've seen bad times. We've dominated Scottish football for the best part of a decade. But the Celtic board are currently overseeing the disintegration of that that domination. And if they leave it another day longer, you know, I'm not saying there's going to be a riot, but they crash barriers are going to have to be a permanent fixture around Celtic Park. Although I notice they weren't around the Superstore. (laughs) <laughs> well, we didn't see a force. I don't think we're allowed to go to the Superstore anyway. It's not, it's not essential shopping, although maybe Celtic would consider it essential shopping. I don't know. But it's kind of weird because you know, watching that game there and just watching the last you know minutes playing out and hearing Alan Stubbs saying, you know, can these players come up with something to, to, to dig Neil Lennon out here? And you're just thinking to yourself, as there loads of people sitting there going, right, are we ready to go to Celtic Park to protest? And then if we'd scored, but they went, ah, oh, well, we'll just leave it then. You know, like, it, it, it is this the proper crisis point that, that goes, that, that Neil Wenning, there's an announcement, there's a ticker tape, and he goes, and that's it, and he's away. I, I'm not entirely sure if it is. I, I, it, it feels like there's no corner to turn. You know, everyone talks about turning the corner, but it feels like there's no corner to turn. Like, if we can't beat St. Johnston at home in the league with that team, you know, I, I just I'm 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 at a loss as to as to what happens next. I mean that literally I I could get scored against St Johnston in the last however many games. It was something like twenty eight nil or something like that. I know. Yeah. The, the big thing, sometimes you, you think you're stating the absolute obvious and at half time we're talking about bring Griffiths on, go to up top, this is what will happen if Griffiths comes on and incredibly enough when he comes on that's exactly what happens. He starts stretching the defence. There's a bit of interplay between him and Edward. We start creating chances. We get in behind the defenders. Neil Lennon then introduces Turnbull, the most exciting player in Scottish football a year ago, yet he can't get a game for Celtic. And he gives us something different. Straight away, he starts playing balls, getting behind the, the defence. He starts you know, taking chances. The risky pass that Christie is all too often criticised for. But Turnbull, there's a, a change in tempo the minute he comes on the park. Now, Colin, I know that we've been calling for his introduction, as has many of the Celtic fans mm-hmm. who tune into the, the broadcast. 
all too little too late and, and like JP says we've heard all the cliches in the world last chance saloon that was weeks ago where we are yep. now we are we're beyond crisis point we're just entering deeper and darker into that point of no return you look at Rangers comfortably you know swatting aside anything that comes in their way in Scottish football we're now 13 points behind 21 goals behind I mean can you see Celtic uh, going on a run of scintillating performances where we're winning 4 and 5 now to claw that back I think that is completely beyond that squad and that management team. So, Colin, from the second half, when we're sitting there at half-time at nothing each, and, and you're looking at what changes do we make, I'm guessing the Luxalt change was forced upon him. Um, where do we go from here? I mean, what happens if the board are still the only people with Celtic um, interests that think it's still a good idea to you know, maintain the status quo? I think the, the like salt change, although it was enforced by injury, I think uh, Greg Taylor came on and actually played very well in the second half. I was quite impressed with him. Um, like salt wasn't getting a lot of um, joy down left-hand side in the first half. And when Taylor came on, he certainly created more. I thought when Turnbull came on, he looked good as well. Um, he played a fantastic ball over the top for Griffiths and was unlucky um, with a header later on in the game. Look... <sighs> We've said this so many times. I don't think Neil Lennon's ever going to resign from this. Um, I think he still thinks he can turn it round. Why? I absolutely don't know. But uh, here's the thing. It, as you said, it's up to the board to now go and make this decision. They only came out a week ago saying that they were giving him a couple of games. Those two games were losses. And in the second half away to AC Milan, it was a complete shambles. The fact that you go two up and then concede four in a row then go and concede a goal like he did today, uh, where Julian should have done a lot, lot better, and Frimpong's caught out of position to let the boy put the ball across. It just doesn't seem as though anything's going to change. It's like Groundhog Day, you wake up and it's the same thing over and over again. I generally don't look forward to watching Celtic play at the minute. No, you were saying that during the week, Colin, and it is one of the ones where we're, you know, game after game, not only is it Groundhog Day on the park, it's almost like Groundhog Day in the broadcast studio because we can only commentate on what we're looking at. And it's the same types of performances time and time again. Uh, the lack of creative ideas from the coaching staff. I mean, Neil Lennon gets it in the neck and ultimately will lose his job over this. But it's the whole team uh, that's in the dugout. Uh, you know, there was a point on 62 minutes once again. I don't know if John Kennedy's just got that unfortunate knack of looking completely disinterested. But Neil Lennon's talking to him and he shrugs his shoulders again. It's like me having a conversation with Mrs. in the cheese aisle going for the weekly shop. I mean, this is us trying to save our jobs and he's just shrugging. You know, I'm not interested. Red Leicester, who cares? You know what I mean? Do something. Look interested and make a change. I'm sick of it. You've got to change and it's got to happen tonight because, I mean, we are just stumbling from one embarrassing result to the next. JP? Yeah, I mean, I've been putting up a fight for for Neil Lennon. Uh, you know, not, not to loads of people, you know, it's not as if I've seen anybody or, you know, you can do anything like the normal things that we normally do or speak to people at the games that all sit around me. Um, but, I mean, it, it become, it's become, you know, even apparent to me that the players, if anything is going to g them into a different way of playing or a different way of uh, uh, thinking is it, it, a different it's a different approach from, from a management perspective. And I hate, I absolutely hate saying that because I love Neil Lennon. I love you know everything he's done for the club. But 
I was at his debut at Dens Park when Biddy Agat scored that goal off his knee and the whole Celtic end was singing there's only one Neil Lennon and he walked over to us and I, I didn't think at that night that, you know, 20 years later he would be the manager of of, of the club, you know, but um, he is, but I, I, I don't think it's going to be for much longer and I don't know how long that will be, but it just, there's, two, there's, there's, there's no economy to come now. So it's, 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 it's gone beyond that. You know, you just, like I said, if we can't beat St Johnstone at home in the league, we got beat off Ross County last week, we got dismantled today uh, by by the team at the other side of the city. So, you know, it, 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 you know even the most staunch Neil Lennon supporter would, 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 would lose the argument here, I think. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. Flying Scott's been trying his best to give us a wee bit of humour. Uh, by God, we need that at the moment. Now, Tom Cross and Turnbull was great. Turnbull was great when we signed him. That's why we pursued him for so long. And, you know, if Celtic were winning week after week after week, Colin, you would understand the predicament that Neil Lennon was in, that this young guy couldn't actually force his way into the team. We've been looking for something different. We've been looking for a spark in the middle of the park. I mean, Scott Brown, 600th appearance today, absolutely brilliant, right? He's a legend. I named some of the guys that he's now, you know, in the same kind of uh, bracket as in terms of league appearances. Absolute legendary figure in the modern day. But Turnbull comes on and the whole thing lifts in the midfield. But, you know, it was left once again at 75 minutes. Let's give the boy 15 minutes, you know. You know, or sorry, that was when he, he, he made an effort and pulled off a save. He came on five minutes before that. But you think to yourself, you know, we can see it. We're meant to be the untrained uh, observers. We can see it. It's as clear as day. And um, we can also see that a change is required, Colin. Now, um, Jim Moore was on on Friday. And Jim has a knack of looking at things from a different perspective. And he often, you know, makes suggestions that you go away and think about. And what he said to me was, you know, what, what you should do is, is lower your expectations of what the board are going to do here. Because if Neil Lennon loses his job, what you're probably going to be looking at is John Kennedy taking over on an interim basis. Now, surely everybody needs to take responsibility. So if Kennedy goes, so does, uh, sorry, if Lenny goes, so does Kennedy and Strachan. Now, mm-hmm. let's say that they actually make the decision that we've all been crying out for for weeks. What does the club do next, Colin? Where do we go? Who do you think is a, a realistic contender and candidate for this job? See, we've spoke about this several times after games, and there's been names put forward, and the names that I've put forward and the names that other Celtic fans have put forward, we've been told we won't get them, we won't get this person, we won't get that person. But honestly, at the minute, it just feels as though any sort of change could spark something in that team because they're just not working for Lennon at the minute. They came out, and as I said on um, last week, it's just the same old story. They just come out and say, we're together, we're a team, we're going to do it, we're going to turn we must around. do better, yeah. I, we've not seen it on the park at all. Not one of them showed that so far this season. I mean, Turnbull came on and done more in 15 minutes than what a lot of players have done all season. It's been pathetic from the players, but the point's been made. You're not going to change all the players overnight, but you can change the manager. And the manager will have to go after today. He should have gone weeks and weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And whoever they bring in, then you've just got to hope that you can get something out of that team that Lennon couldn't. And I don't think it should be Kennedy. And I don't think Strachan should be anywhere near it. I don't think O'Neill should be near it. I think you've got to start looking for people that aren't just connected to Celtic, that aren't just pals of Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond. Start looking for actual genuine coaching candidates. 
and not just people that they've got their phone number for in the address book. Listen, Colin, I actually take that point because uh, we've spoken a lot, obviously, John Paul and I uh, have spoken quite a bit about when we uh, won the league under Vim Janssen and a change was necessary. Now, everybody knows that... Uh, Tommy Burns was an absolute legend at Celtic but you know even having spoken to some of the guys who were part of that team perhaps he was too emotionally attached to the job in hand and and that was one of the reasons as well as the, the lack of uh, success that, that ultimately he lost his job and Fergus McCann looked at that situation and absolutely wanted somebody in who had no link to Celtic whatsoever and it had to be an overseas manager and it was Vim Janssen and the, the attitude was the same when Janssen was replaced when Joe Venglos comes in and I think that, you know, I'm not saying with hindsight because nobody would have guessed that Neil Lennon wasn't up to the task of this season. But I just think the job of this season is too big for Neil Lennon. Um, I, I think he's second guessing every single move that he makes. He's lost his instinctive nature of knowing exactly what to do uh, in a crisis because let's be, uh, let's be frank about this. He was managing a bit of a crisis when he came in, wasn't he? After the Brennan Rogers, um, saga. Yeah. But he's not managing this crisis, Colin. He's certainly no managing it. No. Um, and, you know, I asked you for uh, your thoughts on who should come in. You didn't give me a name, so I'll come back to you on that one because I'm not having it that you can say, oh, it doesn't matter to me, that's the board's decision. We've all got to have a view on it and um, it's important to, to share that view. So Laura Bradburn... Right. Laura Bradburn um, feels bad for David Turnbull. He's battled hard to get his career back on track, only to be treated like this. Something really bad going on in the way he's been treated. I mean, it was quite clear to me, uh, John Paul, when he came on, that he was, you know, he made a difference, a positive change. I mean, why? They, they're seeing it every day in training. Why is he not being given a chance before now? Well, I mean, I would say with regards to the way he's been treated, I, I don't really think that someone like David Turnbull could come from Motherwell and just immediately become a first-team player at Celtic. I think that, you know, you know, look how long it took Christie. It took Christie two loan moves and then the luck of playing well when he came on as a substitute at Murrayfield to basically go, hey, I want to play for this, I want to play in the first team. Whereas Turnbull, you know, hasn't had that opportunity yet granted, but, I, you know, I don't think Turnbull's I, you know, I saw a comment in the comment section saying that Turnbull was another Scott Allen. I don't think Turnbull is another Scott Allen. Uh, I, I think Turnbull will play for Celtic. And I think the reason that Turnbull did well when he came on is because he's hungry. And that's the difference. I, yeah. think, I, think, I think these players aren't hungry anymore. As I said to you before, I don't know if we were on air or off air at the time, these players have won everything in Scotland domestically for the last four years. Everything. They've not like I'm okay. They've lost it now. They lost against Ross County, but you know that that was a week ago. Prior to that, for the last few years, it's almost like they're like right, okay, they've, they've done all that. It's like completing a computer game. Like once you've done it, mm. you're not going to keep doing it. I mean, you're not going to complete playing the same computer game over and over when you when you've defeated the end of level bad guy. And we've defeated the end of level bad guy four years running since they came back from the dead. So the the the, the problem here is. There hasn't been the turnover of players that there should have been at Celtic in the last two years to manage the departures that should have happened. And without COVID, I think a lot of departures would have happened. So everybody was cheering at the fact that we kept Carol McGregor and Ryan Christie and Edward and then Cham and Ayer and all that. But what if they didn't actually 100% want to be there? Not because of Neil Lennon, because they've already got one eye in another league or one eye in another city or country, mm. you know? So I think that's a really big part of the problem. And it's just unfortunate, as you described, Paul, the perfect storm. And we're in the middle of the perfect storm. 
Yeah, I think that when McGregor um, was moved further forward in the second half, he saw a lot more of what he can do. Mm-hmm. I think he's been playing too much of a deep role um, in this season so far. He seemed to be sort of playing Brown and McGregor in front of the back four or the back five or the back three, and they almost sort of slip into that centre-half position when they pick the ball up. When McGregor was given the chance to go forward when Brown came off, he's seen a lot more from him. He was finding the passes, he was creating a lot more. And I think I'd like to see more of that if and when the new manager comes in is that we don't play McGregor so far back, we actually play him further forward um, because he's he's got a fantastic shot on him. He's certainly got a better shot record than Ryan Christie um, and his passing range is second to none. There's a reason why he was the player of the year last year because he's a fantastic player. You don't just regress like that in six months. It's the position that we've been made to play under this team uh, managed by Neil Lennon. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I remember making the point about uh, McGregor. I had some slight concerns actually when Lenny took over because McGregor hadn't played a single game under him um, during Neil Lennon's first tenure. I mean, in actual fact, Callum McGregor made his debut for Celtic at the age of 21, which is particularly late for a Celtic player. Um, so I, I did wonder if, if that was going to work. Oh, no one was complaining last season. Um, but- As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more they're certainly not working this season now Michael Devlin 67 is commenting on Twitter to say that the league is gone it's too late and we're now building for next year and it's shameful I don't know if I'm just uh, the the uh, the constant optimist when it comes to this, the eternal optimist, because I don't think it's completely gone if we can make a change. But then I don't believe we're going to make a change, so then Michael Devlin's probably right. And that is shameful. That is absolutely shameful that the board have sat back and actually overseen this deterioration. I mean, we've all seen it. Colin, you probably called it earlier than anyone on this podcast. We, we are after the Friends Farrells game. You said, no, it's no good enough. Lenny's got to go. And people thought you were overreacting. Took me a few weeks to get to that state of mind, if you like, uh, at halftime against Aberdeen. And it, I, I thought the same. Um, JP, when did you come to that realisation? At, at what point did you think enough is enough? This is not going to change. I think it was, I know it's, I'm very late to the party. And I know you can't call it a party. Uh, insert joke there, but uh, I last week against Ross County, I was just like, wait a minute, getting beat at home off Ross County two 0 you know, and you can make all the excuses that you like for, you know, injuries, COVID, all the rest of it, but you know, take that game as a standalone game. We lost at home to Ross County, who had four taken off them today at home in Dingwall. You know, there's there's no there's no dressing that up, you know, you can't you can't dress those facts up. That that that's what happens, you know what I mean? And 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 you're just like, well, you know, if even if Matthew is correct and the players are, you know, no longer hungry to play for Celtic or to win for Celtic. I I mean I hate to think that is the case. But, and then they'll they'll come out and they'll say in interviews, oh we're still hungry for more and you know this team's as motivated as it always has been and but they're not. They're definitely not as motivated motivated as they've always been. You can you can tell that from the, that performance today. You know, it's it's not it's not the same as it was. Um, but you know, if if a new manager was to come in and it was the right choice at at, at this right time, that could you know get them playing twenty percent better 
you know, they might not get back to the levels that they were at, but even if they could get, you know, bring them up to 20% more of what they're given right now, then, you know, there's there's a chance that they could do something, I think. Oh, definitely. Now, by the way, we're not uh, being so focused and or only focused on the issues within the managerial team. We keep talking on the, the broadcast about the fact that we've got the players, we've got the management and coaching staff, and then we've got the board. There's a joint responsibility across all three of those levels. Uh, there was a very interesting um, and productive uh, Zoom Colin to the, the Celtic Trust meeting yesterday, Colin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been discussing it on the Axon WhatsApp and uh, Jim Moore's going to have a right good discussion at some point next week all about that because it's quite clear there's a huge amount of Celtic fans unhappy with the way the club is being run in the short term to salvage anything from this season because what we're looking at is a 10 in a row that is slowly but surely getting further and further away from our grasp um, and a quadruple treble which by absolutely no means is guaranteed, by the way, because I don't think anyone fears Celtic at this moment in time, then I think in the short term we need to get the, the coaching and management team right, uh, we, who hopefully will improve the, the playing staff we currently have, maybe with a few additions in January, and then it's more of a, a medium-term project to have a look at the way this club's being run at the moment. Um, now, there's a couple of things I want to bring up. Uh, first of all, uh, JP Mullen messaged us to say that... Um, we should mention his wee pal who passed away uh, over the last week, Frank Foy, 60, big, big Celtic fan, loved by many, genuinely nice guy. So a big shout out to Frank Foy, all his family and all his friends, big Celtic man um, who's passed away at these difficult, difficult times. God bless him and his family. Now, there's a message coming through from Facebook and it's, if the manager dares to use the word excellent again in his post-match Celtic TV interview today, I'll donate 50 quid to the treble charity, scunnered with with it in all honesty. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because we are running around about the quadruple treble weekend, a massive um, charity fundraiser whereby we're going live for 24 hours over that weekend, just looking at the whiteboard at the minute. Axom are one of 20 different shows that are going to be involved in that. The latest one that I'll announce later on, uh, no, I'll announce it right now, but I'll put the graphic out later on, is Electronic Tims will be joining us as well during that uh, charity weekend. If you do want to donate, then we do have a, a link underneath the video. Uh, when I checked before the game, it was at about two and a half grand. So um, absolutely uh, astonishing response from everybody. Um, who's been involved in that. So, uh, you know, looking through some more of these these comments, everybody seems very, very frustrated uh, at the moment. And uh, just to echo my thoughts, um, the, the thoughts are coming in to say that on the 20th uh, of December, says Stephen James 187, uh, not confident. I mean, surely the board are looking at this, Colin, and saying, well, that at the moment is, is the next thing we need to we need to ensure that we win. I mean, yeah, we've got to win the games between now and then. Let's get a manager in. You know, the, the Thursday yeah. night game, that, that's a dead rubber against Lille. Let's get a manager in and start preparing for the next game that actually means something. Yeah, you would think so. You would like to think that the board are that competent enough that they, they've got someone there that they can turn to if they get rid of Lennon today and bring him in. But you just don't believe it with the way that they've treated Celtic fans over the last couple of weeks. That statement from Peter Lawwell the other day was just appalling coming out and actually having a go at Celtic fans whilst at the same time asking them to get behind them. They've not shown anything on the park this season or even in the boardroom that would win the fans over if they were undecided. It's shambolic from the board in general. So 
I'm, I'd generally not be surprised if you wake up tomorrow morning and Lennon's still the manager because they seem to have his backing for whatever reason. And I don't think now you'll get even 1% of Celtic fans that would think that Lennon's a man for the job. Well, you know, again, I'm going to come back to you, Colin, because you shirked the tackle when I, I, I came in two-footed earlier and asked you for a, a name or somebody that you wanted. Joe Porter believed that Celtic would win today. I mean, um, a lot of people weren't that confident, to be honest with you. And I think teams coming to Celtic Park... I, I'll give you an example, right? The team that won the Scottish Cup for St. Johnson, when was that? Was that maybe... Oh, well, it was at least... Right, 2012. One of the guys in that team, I was speaking to him, and he told me that, and by the way, if you remember, they done particularly well. Tommy Wright certainly done pretty well against Celtic. Whenever they came to Celtic Park, there was an expectancy. It was like an un, unsaid thing. There was an expectancy amongst the, the players that they were probably going to let in about four goals. There was an expectancy, right? Now, mm. I'm not saying they're turning up and, and you know shipping in four goals, but they expected to get beat. No team has come to Celtic Park thinking that we're going to trounce them for nothing. And that, that is one of the biggest concerns of them all. Now, Colin, I'm going to come back to you. Right, uh, you're in charge of Celtic. Uh, we have decided that Neil Lennon and his team are going. Who do we replace them with? Because this is what we're now going to be looking at this week. For me, you've got to look at guys like Marco Silva or Eddie Howe. And I know I'm going to get abuse for that because they'll say that there would be nothing there to bring them to the club. But You've got to look at these guys. These guys aren't out in a job at the moment. They're looking to make that step. If they look at the step that Rodgers made to get from the team he was at at Liverpool to take the Celtic job, which is a massive risk for his reputation, turn that around and then get a job where he's now within the top half of the Premier League. You've got. I think Eddie Howe and guys like that would look at that and see it as an opportunity to come in. I've seen a lot of people say that no manager worth his salt is going to come in because he'll be known as the manager that's lost the 10 if they don't win the league. I don't buy into that because I think they're coming in and the situation is so difficult that no Celtic fan could look at them and say it was their fault that we lost the title unless things went seriously, seriously wrong. But on the subject of managers, I think that the St Johnston manager today lined his side up very well. When I was watching the game, you could see that St Johnston were closing Celtic down as soon as the ball got played out from Barkas to the defenders. They were on them. They kept them very, very uh, confined. They made them play the ball long which doesn't suit the way that Celtic play football. And I think Callum Davidson's done a good job there. No, he, he certainly has. I mean, St. Johnston have had a, a, a kind of succession of managers that have gone in. And I mean, they're operating on a shoestring budget, Colin, and they seem to have done well. You can think about, you know, even Owen Coyle, Derek McInnes, Stevie Lomas, Tommy Wright. And Davidson seems to be doing well. And, you know, under real restraints, proper restraints at that club, they've not got a massive fan base. Their, their budgets are tiny compared to Celtic. Yeah, at this moment in time, they're competing with us. Now, see, mm-hmm. Quinn, the board has allowed Rangers to come from Division 3 and overtake us. Absolutely unforgivable. John Paul, did you ever see that this would happen? Uh, I mean, there was obviously the, the, the threat, you know, that you know they, they were coming back and they came back what four years ago. They question all the titles that that we won in their absence, but yet we've won everything since they've been back. So, uh, you know, there was always you know going to be a, a head of steam, and they, 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 they stuck with Gerard uh, despite you know talk of him losing the dressing room last year, you know, post Dubai, there was chat that that had happened, but they, they stuck with him despite the fact that he's gone through two seasons winning nothing. Uh, yeah, he's progressed in Europe in that time, which is, is to be commended. Um, but ultimately, he's not won any trophies 
up until now and still hasn't. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people getting a little bit emotional about that before a trophy has been won. You know, mm. the, the likelihood is that they probably will win the League Cup because, um, you know, there, there's not really anybody obvious that's going to challenge them for that uh, out, you know, out with a run. Um, but they probably should have arguably won it last year uh, against us in that cup final that we uh, robbed them of uh, in the end. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's time to start pressing nuclear buttons on the fact that Rangers are suddenly going to be cut. I mean, that chat from Dave King the other day about oh, Rangers are going to go on for 10 years now and win everything. I mean, that, that's preposterous to say something. If he did actually say that, then that's completely and utterly preposterous to suggest that because I don't believe that for a second. You know, we're, we're not you know, we're not on the breadline here. We're not like, you know, it's not a cataclysmic financial situation at Celtic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's in the same boat with regards to fans. Hopefully that will be changing within the next six to nine months in terms of fans coming back. If there was fans in uh, the Emirates on Thursday night and wherever else yesterday, then surely to God, within a few months there'll be a you know a, a stage return of fans to our ground, um, and that'll you know obviously help the revenue. But I I, I don't think that we're we're about to see some sort of seismic sea change in power over over to the Ibrox. You know, just because of the situation we find ourselves in. I would agree with that, Colin. You were going to say something there. Yeah, it's just on the Lennon thing. When I look at the performance today and you look at some of the players over the last kind of six to nine months, they've regressed so much. And when you look at the the players that actually came through under Brendan Rogers and under Ronnie Dyla and how he managed to get the best out of some of them, I think that even shows the golfing class between those guys and Neil Lennon as a coach. I can't see anybody that Neil Lennon's developed as a player. I mean, you look at even Diego Lassalt, over the last few games, he's gradually got worse. Yeah. And when he came in, he was fantastic. But as he gets more integrated into the Lennon style of football, he's got gradually worse. So if that isn't alarm bells ringing for the board to step in and make a change, then what actually has to happen? Well, it needs to happen because here's another point for uh, Jerry Green. Are we in danger of not even getting second place? On this forum, Jerry, absolutely, 100%. It's two wins in 12. Um, and the biggest thing for me is it was unsurprising. See, when that ball went out to Stevie May on the left, and we'd spoken about Stevie May, anybody that we have a brain cell knows that he's the danger man. And he played so, so well in the two games before against Celtic. He's got acres of space to, to clip the ball in. And you think to yourself, the basics is, are still not being done properly. You've got a guy there who thinks he's a £15 million target for AC Milan. Another night, I said, he's a converted midfielder. I'm sorry, I still see it. I still see him as a converted midfielder. I still see Beaton as a converted midfielder. Uh, I mean, some of the things Beaton was doing today was unbelievable. And it's a lot of his basics. And the only way we're going to change it is with a complete change of manager and coaching staff. Now, John Paul, I've asked Colin to uh, put his tuppence worth in uh, in terms of a, a new manager. Ralph Ranić and uh, Rafa Benitez, his name's popped up on the screen. I take your point. Celtic are, are hardly scratching about, um, you know, the bargain basement for managers. Neil Lennon's on a, a healthy salary. And even if you compare it against some kind of big name or high profile managers um, like some that I've already mentioned on this podcast he's not a million miles away from it you know he's a Klamala away f- f- 
from getting a five million salary, you know, and we spend that kind of and waste that kind of money every single year on players like Clamalo and Bayo, and that list is endless. Let's let's invest in a manager and coaching staff who can get a tune out of this team. Do you think, JP? Final word on the matter. Do you think we will um, have progress tonight, and there will be a managerial change? I honestly don't think so. I don't, and not not because I don't think it's the right thing to do. I just, uh, I just, it doesn't seem to me that they're in the they're in the position or the thought process to to put it this way. I don't think their gun is loaded. I think there's bullets maybe on the table, but the gun's not loaded, uh, and that's that's the best analogy. That's a Kevin Graham style analogy uh, to come up with. <laughs> I think he writes them down uh, when he's preparing for the bulletins. <laughs> now, Colin, uh, we've been hearing at Axom that Martin O'Neill and Gordon Strachan um, have refused the job. They've, they've let Celtic know that they don't want the job. And that, a big part of that is down to loyalty to Neil Lennon. Um, do you think that they will pull the trigger this evening? And if so, do you think they'll bring in somebody temporary? Or have they got a bigger plan? Are we underestimating them? Mm, no, I don't think they'll pull the trigger tonight. Um, I think there'll be another positive Zoom call tomorrow um, and if it doesn't go zoomingly well then Lennon will be gone I mean it's just getting ridiculous now 2 and 12 Leo coming over on Thursday night even though it's a dead rubber you could be going 2 and 13 it's it's getting ridiculous now um, I think there will be somebody put in place temporarily I hope it's not John Kennedy I hope there is someone else in there that can stand up and um, take over for a couple of games and then from then on we just got to hope that they actually go out and put the money into bringing in a decent coach that's out there. I have to say though, uh, the one thing that I think was actually not a positive from the game but it was good to see was Stylian Petrov um, at the game today. I thought his analysis at half time was absolutely outstanding. Um, he, he really knew what he was talking about and if there's a new coaching team to come in I wouldn't be uh, against Petrov being part of that. Well, Colin, uh, hopefully there will be developments because, you know, the Axom bulletin, I could maybe just copy and paste the last edition if it's going to be like this. It's the same old, same yeah. old. I looked at the, yep. the Celtic Twitter page, I thought you'd probably have three or four tweets and you just copy and paste them throughout the game every five minutes and maybe they'll notice because <laughs> it's the same insipid performances we've been getting all season. I'm not having a go at the social media team at Celtic, by the way. They're all obviously uh, up against it at the moment. But um, all that's left for me to say is everybody that's been tuning in today, if you're on YouTube, get subscribing because we're building up the subscription base. We're raising loads of money for charity on the quadruple treble weekend, and uh, we'll be telling you loads more about that this week. Uh, we're now we've now got twenty different shows, which is quite incredible, and uh, we'll be covering the game as well. Hopefully, we can celebrate afterwards. But all that's left for me to say is Colin Watt, John Paul Mason. Thank you both for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind, guys. Marketers Report. 
This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.